Welcome to the My Muy Bueno Chefs Get Personal podcast. I'm your host, Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno. I'll be interviewing a different chef each fortnight, but asking the very same questions and their answers are all very different, which is what makes each interview so inspiring. And a very big warm welcome to our first chef interview on the podcast today. It's the incredibly talented chef Rasmus Monk of Alchemist over in Copenhagen, Denmark. And the very reason this podcast exists, after going there to do a visit, I came to, as usual, just you all know, our interviews online have been running for five years. We've interviewed chefs from all walks of life, rising stars, Michelin stars, all over the globe. And usually we would do them online or do them on the phone. But as I was going to do the Mind Way Bueno Visits Alchemist restaurant review, his team said, well, why doesn't Justine interview him herself? Which I then did. And my God, <laughs> I was so blown away after the interview that without a doubt, I had only one move on this, which was to create a podcast so that I could share this interview with all of you and ultimately to evolve my way when our chefs get personal into a regular podcast interviewing more and more chefs for exactly the same reason. Just the banter between myself and each chef is obviously a whole lot of fun, super dynamic, still asking the same questions, but there are bigger answers, better answers, lots of banter, hugely inspiring. Rasmus is incredible. He's someone after eating his food, having the whole experience, on the back of interviewing him that very morning. I mean, I just looked at him at the end to say, you are a genius and a trailblazer. And those are two words I would not ever normally, they wouldn't come out my mouth lightly. Yeah, I was that blown away by this incredible human being. Everything he's doing, his extraordinary talent, his massive heart, and he's just incredible. If you haven't been to Alchemist, you should most definitely go. One of the best experiences of my life, for sure. But with no further ado, Let's jump into this interview. So crank up your volume and here's the man himself, Chef Rasmus Monk. Enjoy. So, see Rasmus Monk is your name. How old are you, Rasmus? I'm 30. Are you really? Wow, my goodness. Created all this already. No, but thank you. Wow, that's, that's inspiring in itself. My goodness. Congratulations. Uh, so how old were you when you first started cooking professionally yeah. then? I was uh, I was t just turned, uh, I was actually 14 and uh, a couple of weeks after I was 15. So it was like very young, oh. uh, entering the kitchen as a, as a chef apprentice. Um, okay, so, where was that? Uh, it was in the, like not a restaurant actually, it was a catering company doing food for like canteens. Okay. Um, it was in, uh, where I'm from, the Jutland, the big part of Denmark, or like main part of Denmark. Okay. And uh, there's a little city called uh, Ranos, uh, which, uh, yeah, north from there. I was, uh, so very, very like small place. I'm coming from a, like a background farmer family without any food culture at all. And, and wow. lucky me, there was a, uh, and our neighbor started this uh, catering company, which was uh, a chef from Copenhagen that had uh, decided to settle down in the countryside. Okay. And um, and he was, uh, for, for me, very, very lucky that he has been a head chef on a missing restaurant here in Copenhagen. So he knew about food and the classic cuisine. So, uh, okay. so I was teach very good by him. But but yeah, it was uh, yeah very different from what we do today, of course. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
Amazing. So what would you say is your earliest and fondest first memory of food? I would like to say it was, it was actually a drink because, uh, yeah, as I said, my, like, I, I really come from a family without any food culture background at all. So like what we was uh, growing up with was uh, pasta bolognese like five days a week. On the second two other days, we went to McDonald's one of the days. <laughs> Uh, and that was a weekly thing. And then uh, the last day was uh, like maybe a roast of something, but it was t- totally overcooked and totally overdone. So my mom <laughs> the vegetables that uh, were just yeah, like brown. Or, yeah. That's <laughs> why people hate Brussels sprouts because they've been overcooked so much. Yeah. Exactly. And the same with fish. I couldn't eat any fish because oh. everything's been overcooked. It was so dry. And my mom was very afraid that she would poison us if she so, cooked it a little bit too less. So, like, oh. so it was it was, it was was really terrible. She's a, she's a very terrible chef. And she, as she know that uh, so, so she, get, she also get a little bit annoyed because I say it in the, all into so in, especially in the national news she's, uh, no, she's stop it, famous for being a, being a terrible singer. but she gave me other things so that's, that's okay, exactly the balance a, is good I, she's I a great mum yeah, so. exactly. I didn't have a, a rough childhood and, and she didn't ever poison you with fish so no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that, that was a success but no so so um, so when I went to this uh, Martin which is my uh, uh, well uh, being a chef uh, apprentice uh, and my master there he was uh, he was serving me this like a just it was a, like a box with uh, some uh, red liquid in which was elderflowers uh, the berries from elderflowers okay uh, so elderberries and uh, he made this uh, like um, juice out of it kind of okay and, um, like a syrup or uh, yeah he made, made it into a syrup and then they put water in and he okay. put sparkling like a cordial water. sort of yeah, thing yeah okay. he put sparkling water in it and we were sitting uh, there in um, in the summertime and uh, I went for my job interview there and he poured me this from this and for me it seems disgusting it was in this box and it was like uh, there was uh, stems all over the place and and all of these things and I wasn't normally used to I don't know if you have it in the UK but a Ribena a Ribena like, yes yeah, Ribena. yeah, yeah. So that's the only thing I'm drinking all my life okay. and milk yeah um, and, um, and like you do when you're young that is yeah, kind exactly, of like exactly. standard then, drinks for children yeah, yeah. exactly and then a sourdough bun uh, okay. which I didn't I like had any clue it was hard it was it was like really weird uh, like con- considered to the very like you know white bread I had uh, when I was a kid yeah and then uh, he he sliced the cheese on top that was so big I was like what is this so weird this. but when I first drink this like um, not Ribena and 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 tasted it like I was like mind blown because it was it was something I'd never tried before and it tasted so good completely so different ingredients like, that your palate have never been exposed to yeah, and completely wow and it was such a new experience so I was like the first I think the first two years I I drunk so much elderberry <laughs> couldn't get enough of it no no exactly in, in, in hiding oh, it's it's a I, bina, oh my goodness quite ashamed of me and myself because <laughs> I wanted to drink so much but it, it tasted so good so like it's probably the first memory I have where I was like okay this is um, this is something extraordinary. I need to try out but without like having the ambition of being a good chef. No, no, just purely that there, one. Just uh, the food. I think that was the what made me very keen on like going into this field as well. Because there was so many things I needed to explore. The realization yeah. of what else is out there exactly. from this little world yeah. of exactly. overcooked exactly. fish and yeah. <laughs> normal ribena and normal childhood and life and food. Okay, amazing. Okay, I love that. So, which chefs inspire you most and why? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a very good question because, like, I think if you ask me ten years ago, it's probably been uh, Ferran Adria, okay. like with the Puri. I studied that a lot. Um, 
I've never been there, unfortunately. But the last like four, five years, start since we started building the, the new Alchemist, I've actually looked more like away from the chef world and okay. locations, and, and looking more to to the theatre, looking more to different artists around the world, to, to architecture, okay. and and collaborating as well. Right now, with a lot of different companies, they uh, they have this arts craft. Okay. So, so it's not much actually, to be honest. That uh, I'm, I having one, I admire a lot. It was more I admire a lot of chefs, and I of think they are great. Of course, but but, um, but no one who's kind of influenced you in any kind of particular way. Like with in, in start of my career, career has been been Ferran Adria and it's been Thomas Keller first. Okay. Thomas Keller and after Ferran. Uh, and I like respect for food is respect for life is a quote by Thomas Keller is my first tattoo and like was very in love with uh, and is very in love what uh, what they do to the French Laundry and like the Passé of course, of course. Uh, and I think those are some of the most beautiful cookbooks you can get oh your my hands gosh. in it's, like, yes. amazing and when you then come and dine in the restaurant and you see all of all of this you thought it was so big it's like so small like it's, it's just amazing and he's, he's an amazing chef and then I very get uh, like uh, very keen on on Ferran Adria and like all of what they did uh, at the movies. And I, I think it actually just stopped when the new Nordic wave came and mm. then uh, it, it ongoing in Spain. But but mm. beside that and the rest of the world, it seems like a new Nordic took over a lot of things, which of course was amazing and the reason why we can be in here today. But there was also more thing I would say that, that could be explored in the way of senses and aesthetics mm. and like uh, Definitely. experience part because it really was a lot about the food and the technique yes. and uh, maybe less People about hadn't seen it like before. The, the, the ambience because it was so it's new just, and they didn't have seen it before so like yeah. you couldn't handle more and it was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, this was enough we weren't there it. yet so I think yeah. no one was there yet we weren't <laughs> no, ready exactly, for the rest exactly. of it so, so everything has evolved in, yeah, in time yeah. quite yeah. so, so they, they did the two I would say inspiration sources in for the chef the gastronomy world and of course you have uh, like chefs like René here in Denmark and and uh, it's been in a way and like a shift that I've been growing up, looking up to has been all of the magazines, all of the things. But, sure. but food wise has been more more the two other chefs actually. Okay. Yeah. Good. Thank mm. you. <laughs> Lovely. What are well, <laughs> you just mentioned them. <laughs> what are your two favourite cookbooks and why? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I would say it's uh, the French Laundry cookbook and then probably the El Bulli magazine. Because like the El Bulli ones is like very technical, it's like very inspiring just to see how um, the categorizations of the different menus and like uh, different uh, dishes was uh, was done. Yeah. And a lot of great techniques and techniques that uh, that have changed the, the landscape of the culinary world. Yeah. and added so much to it and then to the to the perfectionist and like to the I'm saying that like I think Thomas Keller is the like the way a chef should be like it's a very when you look at him I'm really falling in love with him like it's, it's very romantic the way that he just look and his shirt is always ironed and like his uh, apron is hanging perfectly and flawless so he, he's uh, just uh, well he sets the bar behaved. doesn't he for that yeah, yeah his mannerisms very, and, exactly yeah. his manners and like the way he communicating and talk and just the way that he actually move himself in the kitchen there's so many chefs that could learn something from that and he's nearly looking at a Japanese sushi chef that's done this master it for for a long long time so i was completely mind blown by his uh, way of like working and and also the cookbook i just think it's uh, absolutely beautiful. have you ever been have you been out there have you yeah, eaten yeah, there the, have you, the, the Pesaya, you have yeah. have you ever done a stage or anything over there or gone Not into the kitchen I, would, I tried to come into um 
to the French Laundry because it was like my my biggest dream. Yeah. And when I was just graduated as a chef, and uh, and it was before I had any like clue of El Bulli existed. So when I was graduated chef in 2011, and El Bulli closed in 2011, I, I first found out that, that oh. discovered that they were there in 12th, I think. So oh. yeah, very just terrible. I was like, what the oh. fuck did I? Why didn't I look? More beyond, but but I was very like um, very inspired by Thomas Keller and wanted to go there. Uh, but I coming as I said from this very farmer family where we didn't speak any word English at all. Okay. Uh, so I couldn't speak any English, uh, like very little. My name was Rasmus, of course, and stuff like that. But 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 nothing more than that. And my my parents couldn't either. So okay. uh, I tried to fill on like this uh, to the embassy here in Copenhagen. Uh, the U.S. embassy, like the green card to okay. to get in or like um, to apply for the visa. Yeah, and I did it like four times, and every time I did it, it was something incorrect filled in the uh, form, okay. and then I was de- declined. So uh, okay. every time it cost me around two thousand kroners to apply. Oh my goodness! So I was like, <clears throat> okay, we're done now. I, <laughs> I drive from Ranos, very young, and like uh, when I was sitting in there and tried to like, why did you answer this when this is the and I couldn't communicate it uh, properly. So okay. I was uh, declined every time, and then um, there was a chef group that was asking for a, a Danish chef to to London. Hmm. And I was like, okay, but um, I will try to. To apply for this, and I was like, uh, "Do you speak English?" Yes, yes, I do. Um, do you have you ever worked in a Michelin star restaurant? Yes, yes, I have. And I, I've never ever worked. <laughs> I've not ever worked in a restaurant. It was a, a canteen where I was from. And then I, then I got a, a shift there and like uh, moved there as 18 years old. And uh, coming from this like family without any, every time if you saw a, this it sounds ridiculous, but you saw a black man or like something on the street, like it was. Well, what is this and what's going on here like and you know my mom and dad like it's not racist or anything but they not explored any like field land or whatever like just literally like, just stay just in there. so many yeah. people do that though. they never just leave exactly. their homes they, they stay in it's like in England they're staying in this little town in yeah. Devon or something no, and they exactly, don't know exactly. anything of the outside world yeah, crazy. <laughs> and then coming to London and like living there for two years and like it was it was mind-blowing in, in many ways and, and changed me a lot what an experience a yeah community. Everything, English like, and like, yeah, because there are like things that the city is open like all the time. If you go home to at night, there's still people around, and just this so multi diverse uh, culture, like, is, is, is amazing. And you're so, immersed in it, aren't you? I mean, yeah, it's incredible. Exactly, exactly. It's just, you know, so it was really an amazing experience. And I think after that, I was like getting a little bit more experience and was like, I maybe don't need to go to the France Laundry. I would like to go there for eat, but but like I don't need to go. I, I maybe and don't do need to now. go and work two years. So. Yeah, your your path has changed. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Where, where were you working when you were in London then? I was in a restaurant in St John Street called um, North Road. It was a guy called Christopher Huskuba, which okay. was Danish such a right. It was there for around two years, um, and one Michelin star, and then it uh, it closed because the investors thought like it get. A too fancy with one star it was never the purpose to get a star there oh, okay. so, uh, yeah. so they, sh- they closed they it, it. So, <laughs> we didn't want that to happen we didn't, we didn't, we didn't want that. random <laughs> so, okay we traveled back home but that was good though that was a good time then for you yeah it was, it was amazing how yeah. old were you then when I you was were 18 oh nice so, 18 you're running around london then you must have been having a great time it was, it was amazing <laughs> like the first um i, I went there for a sh- like a trial shift and then the in the evening, he said to me, "Yeah, you're coming tomorrow at eight. I was like, "Yes, couldn't say no." Um, so I, I, I like I traveled there with what just a little baggage, and I like uh, lived in on different hostels around and, and rooms I could find. And then I found a room in the end uh, of I think 
14 days or something like that in West Ferry. Okay. And uh, yeah, lived there for like half a year. And then I, there was somebody that was killed in front of my apartment. I was like, oh, I can't live here. There's gangs all around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if it I... fit like the Dodgers part of London. Imagine it worse than it was, but, but it, was, it seemed quite rough. And, and the tube was closing down 12 o'clock and like nearly couldn't make it there. It was, uh, took taxis and like I didn't earn that much. So, and then I moved to, to Shoreditch. Uh, oh, nice. And was like living very close to Brick Lane. It was quite amazing for with good curries. Seven, seven, yeah, good curries. Amazing <laughs> Love curries. Brick Lane. Yeah. Um, and living with seven other dames that was working around London. So it was a, it was quite an amazing time. Good. Great. Right. Which two ingredients could you not live without? Oh yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> two only two. Only two. Mm-hmm. I think it will be lemon uh, and then probably egg. Egg. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's have some benefits uh, that you can do a lot with. Okay. Good. And the lemon for the lemon does yeah acidity flavor acidity, flavors aromas. Uh, Great. What is your favorite comfort food to cook at home? I think it's like a classic like. A, like a rice bowl with different greens and like um, yeah just uh, a good soy and uh, some some good eggs ginger like uh, a pickled kimchi and stuff like that okay nice very comforting and very very yum I hear that yeah (laughs) yum good if you could eat at any Michelin star restaurant in the world today where would it be and why I've been very fortunate that I've been travel a lot and and and, uh, and ate in a lot of places. So, but if there's one, there's there's a couple of places I really want to go because I've never been. But there's also a place that uh, maybe right now because I normally I travel to Japan every year and this two three years since this have been last because of the COVID. Cool. So, uh, but I think it will go back to Sukita, uh, which is uh, the sushi restaurant, which is my. Really? Okay. Maybe the best meal of my life. Like, wow. Because it had this uh, like very layers of food, like flavors. That's just uh, very amazing. Okay. And who would you take with you? Oh, that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's a very small restaurant, so six seats. So uh, probably only get one seat. But <laughs> <laughs> if, if you had to, well, yeah, if you to. were granted two if seats, who, is, who would you take in the other yeah, the other seat? I really need to be one that's appreciating. I think I would take my restaurant manager. Oh, that's very nice. Good, good, good boss. Good. I <laughs> love it. Okay, what do you look for in a good chef? Um, 100% like personality and the passion. I would say that's that's the most important thing for me. But also, like, if you need to look beyond that, the skills. Like, rather want to have a very traditional, trained, classic chef uh, than, than one that have been working on a lot of fancy Michelin star restaurants and, like... Um, it's, it's, I've seen sometimes a lot that, uh, that this is what lacking or missing and some of the, the, sometimes with ones with very, very good CVs. Uh, yeah. And if you only try this, it's, it's quite nice to have some of the background that's done functions for 200 or yeah. being on a yacht or like uh, yeah, yeah. running uh, things in a canteen or, or whatever. Because they've done the a, hard graph, they've done, yeah, they've been exposed yeah, exactly, to the normal exactly. mundane some, some work. Of... Where in situation you need that, um, that experience is quite, uh, quite good. But Not just doing, yeah, no, this exactly, lovely restaurant exactly. on this part yeah. and this part and this, but yeah, it's true. Real work and yeah, real, yeah. exactly, it changed a lot. It's good. Okay. What advice would you <clears> give... <throat> to chefs starting their career paths now? I will, I will really like um, trying to stay true to yourself and not losing yourself in, in the, 
and what can you say in the journey and and probably to lose yourself a little bit is is a part of like the human cultivating yourself but but um, but I think it's quite important and, and I see too many in this field and like uh, having nearly depressions and like uh, taking it too far and I think like as industry we need to change that as well like a lot uh, and we're working very hard on that there and and to make the conditions around this uh, industry better because yes. uh, is uh, it really needs to change uh, the landscape of gastronomy is uh, quite polished on the outside and what you see as a guest in a restaurant but uh, behind the scenes, behind the scenes is still very different and like um, and even restaurants to say they focus on it. Uh, so, so I think it, it really needs to change. And, and I think that's, uh, it seems like the younger generation is also not, not up for it in the same way that, that maybe my generation has been. And mm. like, um, it seems like they would be questioning more for the, for the, for the working environment and also for the time they need to use mm. at it. And like, um, so true. So, so I actually think it, it will natural happen. And, and I think the COVID has been good in that way that it, it's actually something that got the eyes open for like, okay, like I've been off every weekend now. That's actually very nice. Yeah, like, I don't need to work need 20 to hour work. days every day no, and be shouted exactly. at and treated badly no, and exactly. I'm not going to put up with that. Life, yeah. life is too short for yeah. that. And, and I mean, of course, it's, uh, I don't think it's, and I think, I think there's this dare, like uh, a fragrance for a lot of chefs to say that like, uh, I would like to work less hours. Or I like would like to have that we're not having this uh, shouting or like screaming mm. or whatever. For like uh, then be looked at as maybe the less ambitious chefs mm. because don't you care like yeah, about it as much? Where your, your passion? Where yeah. you, and I think that's that's been excused for a lot of like a lot of years with chefs that uh, he's a completely idiot and you know that he's throwing plates and screaming and you need to psychology like violence and, and also abusing but but you excuse it with that uh, but he's also a mastermind yeah. and I think that's um, of course you're going for more fields in the world like for technologies you've seen big uh, big funders and um, directors being assholes as well and you've seen in the fashion world and stuff like that um, and you see it a lot in the chef world but I've, I've, yeah I think we've been we're a little bit around like uh, a lot like uh, stepping too much over the, the edge of what is what is actually uh, a way to do it and, and, and it's not really sustainable and, and i think mm. in five ten years we will not have this kind of like restaurants around the world that uh, uh, i don't think there will be employees enough to to, to go people just won't tolerate it anymore i, don't I think, think. So. i think people are now starting to yeah people yeah. are more mindful of one another yeah, and respectful exactly. and we want that we want quality yeah. of life we yeah. want to have yeah we, where we put our time and who we put it with sure, exactly it needs to be more realistic i mean yeah i've been um fortunate a lot to like uh, I think discover things in like my personal life, like a three blood clots very young and like all of these things and also putting things in context that you're like, you're here to explore the life and like you don't know how long you're here. And like, I mean, if you every day need to shout out for like doing cooking, then I just think it's getting too serious or too, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it needs to change. So I think like to not lose yourself in this world. It's it's very important to stay true to yourself and your values and you definitely know, try to Quality try to change life. this industry as well. Yeah, it will be the young younger generation as well that's going in and need to to lead by example. 100%. And they need to change a lot in, as well in our it's another story, but in education systems as well because yeah. we don't get the tools. Uh, and I was uh, a head chef in a 
when we say Star Wars when I was 19, I'm like, uh, it's, uh, I didn't have one hours of like uh, training or leadership or anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I probably also need to be looked at uh, how the education system is like. Mm. Great. Okay, good. Thank you. How has the pandemic affected your restaurant and how did you adapt and evolve throughout? Yeah, it's been, been a quite uh, crazy period of time because in Denmark, the, the rules is that you can get help from the government if you if you send all your staff home. So, uh, like, if you have some of the staff from working, right. uh, you're not getting anything. So, like, oh. um, so, so we needed to send everybody home. So, oh. of course, it's been like we've been open from August 19. But in real life, operating for two years uh, only. So, okay. so it's been been quite tough, like to close the business down with like uh, uh, in the start we were sixty employees. Now we're hundred and two. So we also expand a lot in, okay. in that period. Um, but but it's, it's a big machine to close down and open and close down and open. Yeah. And then like it's just killing a lot of the creativity and and you're focusing a little bit more about just make the restaurant running yeah. when you have like rules or regulatives to say you need to close 10 o'clock and you need to get everybody out you can't serve any more alcohol after nine and Just the logistics like to all of these things and yeah. without compromising the experience for the guests because it's quite important for me that they didn't notice that we have a covid uh, situation yeah of course the mask sometimes uh, <laughs> appears in the restaurant but we get special design then and so it look a little bit more like the outfit okay. uh, but uh, but always quite it's been a quite tough one I'll say personally wise is probably the best time uh, for me okay. uh, when it when it happened uh, like we opened in in August 19 and from from that day on like every day we had uh, international foodies like Neil or like uh, journalists from around the world uh, from New York Times to Financial Times to whatever and and three star Michelin restaurants uh, chefs coming in and visit so every day there was just so many like Okay, that's one another day, another day. They are going to review us tonight. Okay, they are going to review us tomorrow. And like, uh, I think nearly for two months or three months, uh, there was around two, three interviews every week and uh, photo, wow. photo shoots as well. Wow. And it was the same story that I need to tell. Like, <laughs> how did you build this? And how did you come up with this? Like, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a question you wanted to ask, of course, but, sure. but you uh, was just repeating and repeating and repeating. And and to be honest, like uh, we we became the best restaurant in Denmark after four months, which was incredible. And like Ferrana Tria visited us and like said it was that must one have been the, it was amazing, insane. Yeah. Like what? Like, uh, what a pinch me moment of yeah, no, exactly, your life! Exactly. Like and to... was journalists calling me, and it's like uh, from Denmark, it's like uh, Ferrana Tria is coming to your restaurant. We hear it's like yeah, yeah, very nice, but that. Yeah, can we do an interview with you and him about what he's think about restaurants? I mean, yeah, and we don't do that thing with uh, with our guests, uh, and we don't ask them. But but we already ask him, and we would like to do it. I was like, okay, and I don't know anything about like, I, I, and I know a lot about Ferran, but I don't know him. I've never met him. Okay, so I was like, and when Ferran said yes, like I mean, then you you can't really say no. No, of course not. So you like, hacked, and I was like, <laughs> okay, then then we probably gonna do it. And I was like just very nervous rack because I was like he had not any need for like saying this is a good restaurant or he like it or like uh, and I was like maybe we just think it's, it's terrible so so we had this interview like uh, the, the day after and and uh, lucky me that there was there was a journalist and there was a camera team as well capturing the moment but uh, he was saying outside and there was a Spanish translator I was like this is the 
one of the best meal I have in ten years, and I feel like it was a gift to El Bulli and like the uh, like to transform oh, it. Oh. Yeah, so I was like standing outside near the TMI and like goosebumps oh. all over the place, and it was very emotional to us. And like I was like, you you wrote that down right to, to, to the journalist <laughs> because so I could see it and it published it. So it was a very good one, but it was always something like that. And then after six months, we was um, making history in Denmark and went directly into the Michelin Guide with two stars and like. Wow. But, but I also think like a drive. So in in that special time, it should be maybe the most lucky, like lucky, like um, happiest moment in my life. Yeah. Uh, but but I I think I drive home like crying in the car like nearly every day because I was it was too much. It yeah. was happening too. It was so condensed that yeah. like um, I came from this little restaurant with fifteen seats, alchemist before and a counter, and I was like I could do the bills, I could do the wine, I could do all the food and presenting. And suddenly I, and, and I decided myself and, and draw everything myself. So I was like, I was pretty aware of what I was doing. Yeah. But, uh, but standing up here in the be... same time that I knew that Ferran was coming in oh, here and like uh, talking with the chefs in, in the restaurant when I was, uh, I needed to be somewhere else and they were serving this over here. There was so much out of my control. Overwhelming. That, it's a yeah. Lot. And all yeah. of the system was not made for, getting me like 100% uh, calm. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was ongoing thing as well. So it was just a crazy moment. And then the lockdown came and I was like, okay, actually... And I, I can breathe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop for but a minute. Stop it, the, it the hamster like, wheel. Yeah. It really felt like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not good at sitting still. So like I started a project called Junk Food where we serve for homeless uh, people in Copenhagen and serve food for them. Um, we, so we started that a day after we locked down. But, but it was like for 500 people just cooking a meal and they didn't have any allergies they didn't have any questions they didn't have like it was just cooking so it's it. kind of meditation for me to just do that yeah so so i mean it changed a lot of things in my in myself like don't try to maybe lose yourself on, on this path and like uh, you had just created this where you may be supposed to be the most happy version of yourself but you are Maybe maybe the most unlucky, like uh, unhappy person in, in in right now of of yourself, and that was like very what can you say, a very clear moment for me that something needs to change and, and myself in this gave you uh, some clarity to kind of yeah, perspective on perspective things. on like what uh, what I really want to what, how I want to use my life and the space and I can live Helps in it to without, reassess uh, things a little bit yeah, yeah. going into depression or anything like that so it was a it was quite a wake-up call and um, yeah and also inspired a lot of new things here for the for the restaurant there's a lula uh, uh, installation you come through tonight uh, which is a, a dark room like uh, taking me back to uh, to this dark period or okay. like and, and seeing a little light wow. and and here's how so okay. so that's like inspiration came, okay. came out of that as well, well. inspiration to the to the to, also to the way like we, we think a lot holistic about the working environment here and how we do things and how we sell things and and we are we're not there yet 100 percent, but we example all our waiters uh, is down on 48 hours a week now uh, which is is quite amazing in, wow. in, in this industry and like uh, all the shifts is down on 50 hours so uh, and normally in this restaurant you would probably work 80 hours and 70 hours yeah like so, so we're doing a lot of things like every saturday one saturday a month we we close the restaurant so they have four days off in row and they can take back to the families and they can be a saturday off and amazing. So we're trying to do a lot of things but i would like it maybe to be could this restaurant be open and operating three days a week okay so you get maybe 
a little bit less output, but it's also like then the cost will go up and like there's a lot of things to go into. It's but but how do we balance this? Because like four of my head chefs now, they just got a kid, all of them. Oh my like, goodness. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they're locked down like, babies. Are you, uh, <laughs> are you going now? Because then I, I, I get very busy. And, but all of them really want to stay because they so have a good condition here. But but, but also, like, work. of course, how can we balance that? Uh, because I would like, like to say that's not possible. And I would like it to Everything be possible. Everything is possible. Actually, yeah. yeah. It's just, that's, that's, we just we'll need figure to out figure how. out how to do it. Yeah. Do it in a smart way and, and maybe look beyond what it's what we've done before and like how we structure it normally in this restaurant yeah and then focus on on what is important for the guests as well that's because i think a lot of the things that we're doing in the chef industry and in the world we sometimes doing for ourselves or for our colleagues to see that we did this little detail or whatever and then when the guest is coming like they didn't even notice like so is the some of the time that you it's very valuable you use on this yes which is maybe not making that much sense for the whole experience. And and will this dish make that difference? Or is it better than all of the chefs coming in an hour later? And yeah. I think that's... that's mm, it's a massive juggler. I mean, really, yeah, it's because it you've and, got the business perspectives focus with your yeah. team, the well-being and the behind the scenes yeah. and the other stuff, the cost and day-to-day mm. operation and moving forward other plans. Yeah. And then there is the whole dining experience and exactly. all the thought and the detail and, yeah. fit and the intricacies. Yeah, and take, and take it to the level so of, much. of art and like very ambitious level you want to be. And to find that balance, I think, is, is quite... Uh, it's a quite tough one as well. Mm. Uh, so we're working on a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. to see how, how we can get it better. Amazing. Okay. So the last question. Can you share any wisdom from the experience so far with others? Have you changed? Well, I mean, I think you've answered all this already. Have you changed and has your cooking changed? I mean, so obviously it's influenced. The whole pandemic has mm. influenced you, influenced... I guess your team and just everyone's changed. I mean, we've all changed for yeah. it, but you're, you're cooking in any way? Have you? Yeah, I think, I think uh, for sure, like the cooking has, like it's alchemist uh, when, when it started, it was the ambition of, like I was very tired of uh, being a head chef on a restaurant called Treetop in in, uh, in Jordan, where we, we had a lot of success over the two years and became number six in Denmark, uh, best restaurant, like uh, went from a hotel restaurant I didn't have any guests in the weekdays to be full house and like from two chefs to eight chefs and like it was, it was quite a, a good success and we got a lot of good food reviews but again it was like we're cooking with one hand on the back and tapping into a reality that was like if you go down in the forest and get some pick your own foraging your own herbs and if you go down to this uh, green uh, farmer here and you get some vegetables and if you maybe find one with a long bird that could do your ceramics and okay i mean you tapped into a reality that was uh what can you say a success from the start or like uh, this is the way we do it right now in in the chef culinary world yeah um and uh, Without sounding arrogant or anything, it was like cooking with one back, like hand on the back, because I was not the one inventing this. It was not the, it was just a thing that you saw some very original chef doing at Anoma, Relay, or Cato, or whatever, and and you tapped into that reality. Um, and in the same time, I, was, I I had a lot of humanitarian works, different organizations. I have like eight right now, so it's uh, also a lot. But we're doing different things, and and one of the organizations doing a Christmas dinner for like a family to have a hard time okay uh, so created by red cross stuff like Amazing. that uh, so that we do christmas eve and very like 
down-to-earth food, potatoes, brown potatoes, doesn't matter if it's biodynamic or we like it organic, of course, but we get the sponsored, so we take what we can get. Of course. Uh, make a good roast and uh, feed everyone. Well. Feed everyone and like buying presents for them and I can see the last uh, Christmas uh, TV show and, and all of these things and we do it at Christmas Eve and uh, to see like 400 families get so happy, like I was like, okay, you use your cooking for something and organization and, blah, blah, blah. and it's be an like also to, give to do it with people. one hand on the back but you gave so much impact for these people mm-hmm. and then I was like turning back to to reality and like working 80, 90, 100 hours a week for getting good food reviews and like I was like I, was like, I don't want to use my life on this so I was uh, quitting my job and, and then wanted to, to do yeah I didn't know what to do for like for two months but then I came up with the idea if you could merge this two worlds together if you can make astronomy as a communication tool of changing the world yeah um use it as a, a musician uses music or like artists uh, use the paintings or yes to communicating a, a thing then then it could maybe be very interesting and that was the whole start with alchemist and also right and maybe not look so much to the other sides of different chefs get very inspired mm. by different cultures and food vision your but purpose yeah and i think that's, that's that's really the, what, the what changed a lot for me um and not to like i think it's nice to be now be number one on opinionated about dining we have two stars and like all of these things is amazing but i would say it's not the end goal anymore mm-hmm. and it, it were maybe like eight years ago it was maybe like this achieving really these achieving things achieving this yes. is my highest ambition of life but but now the it's like there's of- uh, there's so much more into it and i think that's that's really changed a lot of things personally for me um that that i can see what what cooking can do as well and 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 I think we'd like a talk with Lars von Trier the other day, which is a very f- famous in Denmark, also a well-liked film, film director, and um, and Peter Ludell, the music director of Copenhagen Philharmonic. We talked about like the Renaissance and back in Italy, and like where you had actors and like um, singers going in the same rehearsal rooms because there was not rehearsals rooms enough in in the city, and and then they came out uh, some months later with the opera. And I think that, that was uh, <laughs> it was quite a funny story because like here is a melting pot of like artists, uh, dancers, musicians, uh, VFX artists, animators, PhD students, chefs, and, and stuff like that. And okay. It, and it really creates something that is right now we call it a restaurant, but is it a restaurant? Is it is it, is it something else? Is it a new art form? Or like for a word that doesn't even exist yet because it's yeah it's yeah and we call it holistic cuisine but but I think like uh, we have uh, in the last, last three months we have uh, fifty thousand people on the waiting list and and uh, and a lot of them is is people that don't know anything about food <sighs> and and that's uh, of course sensitive as a chef to say but uh, but there is a, a small group of of course like people like you that are coming and like Neil Walker and like food journalists and all of these things from around the world. But there is such a majority of people that's coming here for the experience. Yes. And they like, we want to like, challenge ourselves. We saw this tongue, we saw this dome, we saw this installation. And like, we, we just want to discover it. And instead of using money on the theater or like a travel, we used it here. I was like, okay, but you've never eaten an oyster before. No, it's the first time. I was like, wow. And, and that's, 
it's quite it's amazing that privilege we, almost to be able yeah, to give to, that to yeah, people exactly. to share and they're that like, with okay where can we get a food experience like this the next time because it was quite amazing and so so I mean it's the only one this is it no 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 but, but then we recommend like no man okay, okay. send them and on their say, culinary journey just now just don't so think that you have installations room like this amazing. no exactly but, but food experience you can get this and these ingredients um, and yeah, yeah, yeah to explore and, and, and I mean that it's just um, I think it's just interesting one to see how far can we go there and what kind of experience is this also in five years because mm. I like it to see that I'm not maybe the head chef is it a creative director from the theater there's a mm. orchestra of, of this like is it taking yeah I think we still still we just like scratch the surface of what this experience can be and and, uh, and I think it's quite amazing that we attract so many different people to the experience because it's also a Grammy about that there's maybe been an audience that would like to be cultivated yes. with experiences that we have not maybe touched enough in the fine dining world Yeah, because um, a lot of the people who come here sometimes have this like belief that uh, this fine dining with trees and small portions ah, it was just something uh, like uh, maybe as some look at art as well and say like this is stupid but but uh, and, and I think it's, it just merged a little bit together and, and it's, it's quite in, interesting for me to see how far I can go and okay. then also like the subjects that we have and, and things that we like touch upon is um, is creating sometimes lines directly into the UN and doing diff- like where we really can get our wow. words out and that that's that's quite amazing to and, and some of the projects that we are world influencing that's changed i mean that's a whole another league of having and and i think like an impact in a way that you can contribute and wow i mean that's wow it's quite it's quite interesting incredible yeah going going on and like uh, and i think like for me it it would be nice if it could be in the pharmacy in in jutland and just doing the food but but this space here is also giving us so many opportunities and and I think every week we get different collaborations. So now we are doing the old gastronomy scene for the for the kids' hospital in Copenhagen to projects with uh, SpaceX and like food gastronomy in, in, in space. And is that the is, Elon Musk? I read something. Yeah, okay, amazing. So, so it's it's, uh, it, it's creating to have this like prestige restaurant with stars and all of these things. It gives it's you just, a platform to a platform then to be able to go with your purpose and, and share exactly. them elsewhere. And I think to use that platform wisely and, and maybe be more ambitious than it's just with like experience much because I, I really appreciate the Michelin stars and I really like to have the third one and all of these things. But but it can be it can be the end goal for chefs. Can be, it that's it tick be, tick box I've yeah. achieved it what, what I've done do it after what's that? next yeah, exactly. that's it exactly it needs to be a third star me, and then this to, and then yeah. to be bigger than that yeah um, and I think that's that really I found my yeah my vision and I think that that's uh, that's very grounding in some way as well like humbling uh, yeah, yeah I think it's then you, you know that uh, you will never finish this this project uh, and, and, and yeah. where it will then go and evolve and yeah, exactly. where it's going to take and, you. And see like, if there's other that can use the words and like the, the reality. Because I don't think to make a holistic experience, you don't need to have like a huge dome and like uh, installation rooms and 102 employees. I think you can do it uh, at a very smaller scale. And like uh, it's all from the way that you treat your staff to the ingredients you buy into uh, to the atmosphere you're creating in Bangladesh. Once again, good food. 
good people yeah, and exactly. creating Brilliant. something very special and very unique, which I think is what you are, which no, is, <laughs> and, and that's it. It's your heart, isn't it? And it, that is the heart of everything that you do and just you listening to you, just in your vision and, and your purpose and everything. It's yeah. it what is makes you, you and so unique and, and yeah, and the impact you're clearly having on everyone and, you know, not just creating this, which is obviously incredible and all the accolades <laughs> and all of it, but then, yeah. The, your vision and your purpose, I think it's something to be admired and, and I think people to look up to you and to influence others and like the younger mm. generation to think like that and to look like, you know, again, it's yeah. more to life than, yeah. you know, all of these things. And yeah. yeah. Thank you very, no, very much for an amazing interview. I have absolutely no idea how we're even going to think of time. We might have to like do it like a podcast or something. Cause this is <laughs> And that's it. I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed that and are massively inspired. Wow, he's incredible. Please head across to My Muy Bueno Visits over on mymuybueno.com, which is where you can go and read up my whole review about my experience at Alchemist. And then head over to our Instagram, My Muy Bueno Chefs, where you can scroll along the highlights. There's quite a few highlights for Alchemist because that's how long the meal was. But to go and see it all through kind of the video experience. And if you haven't been, hopefully it's going to entice you to most certainly go and get out there and go meet Rasmus because he's just brilliant. That's it for today. Please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and do rate us as well. It's a brand new podcast. So hit us up with five stars on Apple, please, so it can start to climb the ranks and share it with all your friends and all your chef friends and everyone who you know who will be inspired by this podcast and each individual chef. I will be back in two weeks' time with another amazing and talented chef to inspire all of you. And of course, if you don't follow us on My Muy Bueno Chefs Instagram, please do. And use our hashtag, hashtag My Muy Bueno Chefs, when posting and sharing or just to look for inspiration, really, and be part of our ever-growing My Muy Bueno community. That's it for now. Take care. Have a great fortnight. See you soon. <laughs>